0: Welcome to the Tech Cat Show with host Lori H. Schwartz. Each week we hear from established leaders in the technology and consumer industry. Finding out the scoop should never be this much fun. Now, here is your host, Lori H. Schwartz. Hi everybody and welcome back to the Tech Cat
1: Show. I am Lori Schwartz, your tech cat, and we have another exciting show this week. In fact, digging more into VR and AR, it seems like the last six months, that's been what Everybody has been talking about, but what I'm really excited about today is that we're going to get into the business of immersive content, and frequently we have people talking about VR or AR in terms of a creative spin, but we're going to hear from the fabulous Irina Cronin, who is the president and CEO of Spout Reality, who does strategic consulting for the finance and marketing Around AR and VR content. So let's have a big tech hat welcome for Irina Cronin, ladies and gentlemen! (laughs) Hi, Irina. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for having me on. The studio studio audience is going wild right now. You you just can't see it, they're going crazy. I can hear it. So, you have a really interesting um, and eclectic background, so I thought maybe you could tell us a little bit about that, and then how you created it, about why you created it, and then what, what you actually do, which is so different from most of the folks that I talk to, um, you know, about about the future of content. So, so give us a sense of, of where you're from. Sure. Um, doing VR and AR, I kind of fell into it. It was... Um... Kind of a magical thing for me, actually. In my previous business life, I was an equity research analyst for several years. I graduated with an econ degree from the University of Pennsylvania. I have an MBA from USC, and I know how to evaluate private companies and do all kinds of things financially, and I'm really good at Excel spreadsheets. So my, <laughs> <laughs> my previous uh, life, working life, um. Actually, it intersects with what I'm doing now, but in a, in a different way than I would have ever expected. And just to give you a peek as to how this happened, so uh, I was continuing doing the, the finance stuff and I got, got a few calls from some friends in San Francisco that were working on VR projects. I'd known what VR was, but to me it was just like a very small thing. At the time, this was around 2014. And um, I went because they were my friends. I wanted to see what they were doing. And I ended up staying in San Francisco for a couple of years just hanging around these companies and finding out about what's going on. And as a result, I really got to know tech very well, the VR tech, um, and found out a whole bunch of other things about the industry. Now, as it was growing, I started a Facebook group in December 2015, that's now about 10,000 members. It's a closed private group. And it was, it's all been like a lot of serendipity. So um, I took the full plunge in April 2016 to have my own business, doing uh, strategic finance and marketing for VR companies, and recently added AR as well. So um, it seems like such a natural fit for me, although if I look back a few years ago, I would have never known I would have done this. And and what does it mean to to do, you know, strategic financing? Is it helping them raise money? Is it helping them figure out how they're going to stay afloat? Like, what what exactly does that mean? Absolutely. Okay, so, yeah, it's, it's a number of different things. Most of the companies that are in the VR industry, and now AR, it's even pretty much even more tenuous. Companies are really small. Uh, They're usually under five people, many times just two. Uh, Most of the time when they start, they don't even have a product. They have an idea of a product. Um, Most of the time, they don't even have the money for it. They just have, you know, about a month or two money to to start it going. So when I come in, it's usually around the six-month mark when companies pretty much have an idea and have a little more money coming, but they don't have, you know, VC money. Um, they also don't know how. They're not business people. Most most people. Um, you don't have a lot of people going into the VR and AR industry because they think there's going to be lots of cash in it. Uh, you might get the impression from media that's the way it's happening, but these are very serious people that end up, you know, end up surviving in the industry, and they're not just the people that are, are trying to make a whole load of load of cash. So uh, having said that, though. Uh, when you have engineers and you have content people making innovative things, they're usually not business people, so they do not know how to do a budget. Um, they have no idea how they should be timing, how, you know, their employees, how many employees they should be having, when they should bring them on. Um, they certainly do not know how to do Excel spreadsheeting most of them, unless they've been consulted. But who does? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Seriously. <laughs> So, it's a whole combination of um, uh, things that I offer for smaller companies um, that usually have under five people and trying to figure out their strategy to get money, so that involves making a deck for them, and also to keep them under control in terms of financially so they don't run out of money, which is very and important. And is there any... Um similarity between um, these little companies that are coming to you? Like, are there, you know, do they all seem alike, or are they really all different with their issues? There's a lot of extremely similar issues. Um, even though their products could be really wi- widely different, the types of issues that they all face are very similar. I mean, you have problems with overhead. Um, you know, how much people are spending there. Expectations are usually way too high. They have to manage that. So I'm more of uh, also a management consultant along with the financial and strategy consulting that all comes together. So there's a bundle that you have to offer to these smaller companies basically to help them do everything that they're not doing, which is the business running their business because they do not right, have a name, right. CEOs. They might have a CEO by name, but that person's actually wearing, you know, like ten different hats at the same time. And is it the same type of thing that you would be doing for any new content company that is, you know, being born right now? Or does immersive content and sort of this new technology world that we're in, is that changing the nature of how you help them strategically? Yes, that's a great question because your uh, last question had to do with how similar it was. Okay, there yeah. is definitely something changing media-wise, uh, and it has to do with distribution. I mean, we've seen it with, with TV, the way it's changing now with OTT, and um, the VR and AR is a grab for media, right? A lot of it is entertainment, although, of course, you do have the, uh, the um, enterprise stuff that I'm also working with. But let's let's talk about the entertainment area first. So, um, in terms of distribution for both of these new uh, te- uh, technological innovations, it's a big unknown right now. Um, and as a result, how do you make money? So, as I was saying, I need to keep these people on track, the companies on track, not to lose the money that they have. Uh, to be steady spending, and also to point them in the direction of how to make revenue. So it's been extremely interesting in trying to find new avenues of how these people can actually make money, and that's the difference. Right, right, right. So it's not as uh, straightforward as, uh, you know, a movie or a YouTube video or, you know, other what are now becoming more traditional content platforms. Even YouTube, I mean, that—that's who knows what that's going to be, you know, in terms right, of it, right. it's not traditional anymore. And I, I foresee within the next year or two, all kinds of changes there in, in areas like that. I mean, um, Disney just announced that they were going to break away and do their own streaming service. And, you know, who knows what's going to happen within the next year or two. So, you have to keep moving along with what these bigger companies are doing, and try to get a a feel for what's going to be happening next year and start that now. And that's very difficult. And do the bigger companies all want to buy up the smaller startups in this space, like every other sort of business category? Not yet.
2: Not yet. Not yet. Too early in...
1: What they're doing, um, studios and other companies that are buying content and also companies that outsource tech. Um, It is a big outsourcing grab. So you'll have a studio who actually wants to do a pretty big project that runs into 2 to $3 million, but instead of hiring people in-house, they're outsourcing it to the smaller studios that do VR specifically or that do AR. Um, So they're going to be doing that, I, I think, probably for the next year or so until the industries firm up a little and um, companies, the major dominant companies, it becomes really clear who they are. And obviously, we know that Within is doing extremely well. Um, They recently got $40 million in Fusion. And there are other companies like Within. So um, I'd say sometime by mid-year next year, there might be some acquisition talks going on. But right now, it's still kind of filtering out... uh, uh, who the players are. All right. Well, this is a good time to take a break. We're going to be back with Irina Cronin, who's giving us sort of the more business perspective and the strategy perspective and what's happening in the business side of immersive content, which is such a nice background to all the conversations we've really been happening for the last few months on AR and VR and new content platforms. So we're going to be back in a moment on the Cat Show with the fabulous Irina Cronin from Spout Reality, who is giving us uh, wonderful insights on the financial side of the future of everything.
2: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
0: Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv.
1: Hi, everybody, and we are back on the Tech Cat Show, and we've been talking to the fabulous Irina Cronin, who is the president and CEO of Spout Reality, who does strategic advice on the finance side and the business side for companies that are exploring and digging into immersive content, and that's virtual reality and augmented reality. And one of the things that keeps coming up for everyone is what is the difference between VR and AR? And of course, another thing that everybody is talking about right now is MR, which is mixed reality, or XR, which I thought was porn reality, but i mean, going to make so it can help us under, understand the ecosystem because, and again, this has been defined for us before on this show, but it seems to change all the time. So I'd love to hear how you lay, yeah, how you lay it all out. Okay, so what I'd like to talk about is implications for uh, AR in terms of VR and AR together. Okay. So there's been a lot of rumbling on Facebook. I'm a big Facebook person. I have my group on Facebook, the 10,000-person group. And I get a lot of my news on Facebook, obviously from other places as well. But um, as a result, I'm I'm really fed into what a lot of the company people think. And also with the companies that I work with, I understand what their fears are for what might be coming up. So um, there's been a little lull in VR this summer, and as with any other industry coming into the summer, and uh, there was talk. Well, maybe you know, maybe it's not happening. And then AR is coming with the AR kit when Apple announced that. So the timing is supposed to be in September. It might then, be pushed I mean, out I mean, later. I mean, could you yeah. could you just explain to everybody what the Apple kit is? What does that mean? Oh, sure. Okay. So it's going to be a phone-based interface. Um, people had been hoping last year uh, through rumors that maybe it would be like glasses, which would be really cool, but the technology is not there yet, so it's going to be at least three years or more before that happens. So it's going to be with a new iPhone that comes out, and the price is going to be about 1200 and up for that per phone. And oh, my God. It is. Yeah. <laughs> What the kit is, it enables an engineer to now develop some kind of content um, on, the, on the iPhone. Um, so, they're able to do it now on existing iPhones, but with the a- with the new iPhone coming out, it'll, it'll have a lot more capability for AR for the, for the public to be able to do it, to be able to access it. Right now, only developers pretty much know how to do this thing. So, there's no interface, actually, for the iPhone, but it will be coming up. Now, this is the issue. The difference between VR and AR, VR is totally immersive. Right now, there's a headset that you put on, um, and it's a whole new world that you're that you're in. You can zone in and out of it by taking off your headset, and there are other ways of doing that, but that's basically what VR is. With AR, it's an overlay on top of the of existing reality. In this case, with Apple, it would be the phone, so you use angle your phone in a certain way or in a certain direction and you're able to put a character or whatever thing that you want to be in, the, in your reality, you can't obviously see it in the reality without the phone. So that's the thing. You have to use your phone and walk around with it. So um, an MR, MR is just a little bit of, of a different uh, kind of definition. I don't want to get too nitty-gritty on the definitions. Let's stick with... Um, AR is being the overlay on current reality. And XR just means everything. <laughs> XR just means immersive, okay? Um, so the, the issue is anything to do with porn? <laughs> it just seems to me like all, that you it, all of it has to do with porn. Every single... Anywhere where there's business that can be made, porn's there. So... And the tech also increases... They, they do benefit by increasing the technology. But besides right. that, you know, whatever... Um, but so let me tell you the issue here with business. So people have been talking about AR eclipsing VR as if they're interchangeable and they serve the same purpose and AR killing VR, which is really not going to happen because VR is its own thing and it has its own benefits that are distinctly, that are totally different than AR and AR is a broader market. So for me as a business person, I could say, oh, I can make even more now as soon as possible given the, the Apple phone, the iPhone coming out in my business with AR. And this is true, but it's limited, all right? So no, uh, AR coming up this year is not going to eclipse VR. VR is distinct. Movie studios are using it. Enterprise companies are using it for their, for their own benefits. Uh, advertising, branding, AR. Branding, advertising, some enterprise, entertainment is just beginning. So, this is on another uh, timeline. It's going to start really coming in probably by next year, at the end of next year, all right? In the meantime, VR with headsets, new headsets that are coming out, which will be fabulous. Um, the ones pricing, that are more, more portable, more affordable, well, not tethered to a, to a, a you know, a, a desktop solution. Yes, there, it's going to be... It's wireless, the best one. Uh, you will not need a computer to go on. So the whole issue before was that it's, the computer is too expensive. But now even the computers are like $600. You can have a VR-ready computer. So that's a no-brainer. Um, you can get a headset for like $300. It's very good. It's not excellent like the vibe, but it, it'll be very, very good. And i to introduce the public to... What VR is, you're going to have competition there, and uh, that's all going to be happening before December. So most, most people don't know about this, but it's happening. So, and that'll... So, and these, are, these are coming out for Christmas so that consumers can buy these headsets that are, you know, wireless and more affordable, so that will help with the distribution problem? Yes, Is this uh, the Oculus one, the Facebook Oculus one, and are there other ones coming out too? There are other ones. I can't tell you um, exactly because I'm bound by some um, privacy that I saw in NDAs, but I do know from several major companies, the ones that have had some developer kits recently, so I can give you a little nudge there, Um, (laughs) this year... (laughs) A little nudge this year. Um, we'll have the product ready by December, so it's not only oh, one. It's, it, it, I mean, there's some that are coming out now, like Acer, and you know, but that's not the ones. So right. So, it, so once this, be... once this really gets in everyone's hands, that that's when it becomes really real for people. Because just Absolutely. on the marketing side, on, on the marketing side, a lot of my colleagues are just so not into you know, Google Cardboard. They're just not into oh, no. what they consider a lower-end solution to view their expensively made content, you know. So okay. um, there's a disconnect for them there. Do you think that's going to be solved? I think a lot of issues are going to be solved with the headsets being cheaper, portable, wireless, and more people having them. Uh, a lot of the issues also are on the content-making side And they're going to meet together in terms of the cost coming down. So on the content making side, there's lots of clients with many different companies that do branding and VR branding and advertising. And I know that they first go out to pitch uh, these companies with really great ideas for doing VR, VR uh, experiences with them. And over over the span of a month, the uh, interactivity keeps getting chipped away to the point where, by the end of the month, you just have a 360 vehicle, and that yeah. is due, yeah, that is due to the very high cost currently of VR experiences. You need at least five hundred thousand dollars to make a minute piece in VR for a company for advertising.
2: Well, yeah, that 10, is really
1: expensive. That's expensive. Yeah. Yeah, and that's only that's only like average. Okay, if you want something really super, it's going to go over millions. From ten to fifty thousand for a three sixty piece, and they're much easier to make. It's much faster, less mistakes made, all that kind of stuff. So you you can understand then why companies would gravitate towards three sixty rather than VR, which would be so spectacular for them. It's just not viable currently, but. The right. with the right. stitching and all of that and the uh, post-production post-produc- and post-production is going to come down significantly through technological uh, breakthroughs that have been made this year and are now going to flow through to products that will allow companies to be able to charge much less. So with that price coming down, more content is going to be made that's VR, and then uh, you'll have more headsets in the hands of the public being able to view them. So it's a double plus. So so both, so so it's really the meeting of both sides. The the uh, technology needed to make it will get cheaper, and then the ability to view it. So should should businesses right now be building into their twenty eighteen budgets the ability to you know create VR or are they are they going to create in house agencies that will be VR AR? you know, uh, shops or are they going to continue to do what you were saying before where they outreach to these smaller boutique shops? I know a couple of companies now, bigger companies that are building their own VR and AR shops. So the benefit of AR, it's, it's a benefit is that it's increased the marketing budget and the understanding that immersive technology is here to stay. So, It's no longer just a VR play. It's immersive, you know, XR, as we were saying. So that means that there will be a dedicated uh, group of people within some major companies that is happening now that are creating their own content for branding and advertising. And that's only going to grow. And I know a a lot of studios, uh, they at least have one person that is in charge of this, and they've been growing a a core team in some other ones. So it's happening. It's just been a little slower because it's, I think, due to the high cost. But with the AR coming and the prices coming down, because you have a lot of strategists within these larger corporations, they know what I know, plus a lot more having to do with their company and the constraints of what they have. So they're the ones doing the budgeting, and it's actually happening. But it's not transparent to the public, as you know. Um, This is going to take some time. But I think probably by this time next year, going into September next year, this is, we're gonna, it's a whole new ballgame that we're going to be seeing. Right, because it's changing so fast. We're going to take yeah. a break in the moment, and I want to dig a little bit more into, you know, how do you keep up? Where do you find out what, what your, um, how you keep up with it? Because you're a curator for everyone else, so I'd love to know how the curator curates. And also, maybe you'll fill us in and a little bit also of some of your secret sauce around the fact that you're also very deeply involved or at least have a knowledge around China, and China's such yes. a big player in this. So we're going to be back in a moment on the Tech Cat Show talking with Irina Cronin, who is the president and CEO of Spout Reality, who is dropping insights and wisdom on the business side of immersive content. So we'll be back on the Tech Hat Show.
2: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
0: The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. And we
1: are back with Irina Cronin, who is the president and CEO of Stout Reality, and she is a business advisor to companies who are creating virtual reality, augmented reality, mixed reality. The future of reality, 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 reality. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, Irina, <laughs> one of the things that you're known for is, uh, is curating a lot of information about um, VR and AR that you're getting out to the community, and you do this on um, some Facebook user groups, and also um, you're uh, doing this also for the VR Society, which is an industry organization that is helping educate all the studios and networks and technology companies about what will maybe someday be the standards around all of this. So you were really in the know and sharing the in the know with everyone else. So can you share with us, like, where do you get your information from? How do you keep up? Yes? Yeah? <laughs> you don't have to tell everything, but just some some things. What do you Are you reading a lot? Are you going to a lot of different trade shows, you know, are people se- are companies sending you things? What's what's your sort of way of doing this? That that's a that's a really I, I hope a really helpful question for other people. Okay, um, yeah. so back like I said in December 2015 when I set up the Facebook group that I have um, virtual and augmented realities. In fact, first it was just virtual reality. Um. I pretty much had a source book of media uh, sites that I was going to on a regular basis because I had also been in San Francisco starting 2014 going and looking at companies and basically hanging out at the companies trying to figure out what they were doing. So it was kind of a long education for me, um, face-to-face in the beginning, because like media had no idea what was happening. Uh, so that, I can't... You can't really replicate that. If, if people want to do that, they should be very bold and try to meet with companies and talk directly to the people, um, which people do at trade shows and, you know, conferences and stuff. But, okay, so let me tell you what I've been doing. Um, after setting up the site, uh, I developed a, a program, a computer program algorithm that would pull in all kinds of articles from the major sites that I really liked. And uh, there are other ones that write a whole bunch of stuff about VR, but it's like basically without substance. So I just don't look at them and i want to tell you what those com- you know, what those media sites are. So I pulled an algorithm and I could pull in the articles anywhere. It- it's visible on my computer. I got it on my phone. And I could pull them up and automatically send them to the site. Okay, but most of the Wait, are you I read, you that you coded you coded something or are you using one of the existing, you know, like no. like Google Alerts or something like that? No, no, I coded something because it was just all over the place because i all give oh you a my god, you are about so China. cool! Well, <laughs> I mean,
2: tell I mean, you a little cool before. about
1: before. <laughs> but it, it has actual. to be done because the news at the beginning, you know, a few years ago, even now, it's pretty much all over the place. And, and even if you want to learn stuff about China, it's even more difficult to be able to pull in. So I end up reading a lot all day. I mean, honestly, I'm reading all the time. Okay, so it's not that I'm just posting this stuff automatically. I do get a sense. I, I know what the news is, and I follow up on it and all that kind of good stuff. So. It, more of how I understand the industry is, okay, talking to people directly, because I know a bunch of people now in the industry, and I could call them up and ask them questions if I need to. They call me to ask me questions, um, you know, anywhere from the studio people, entertainment people, enterprise people, both in VR and now in AR, and yes, I do give out free advice because this business is so fresh that if you don't do that, you're going to be holding out forever. You know, I mean, it's just something that I do because I also care about the industry is developing. Um, in terms of trade shows and conferences, I've had to do much less of going to the conferences because I've had the benefit of, first of all, meeting with the people in San Fran uh, a couple of years ago and following up with them. And then through VR Society, who's been so fantastic with the contacts that they have, I, I've never had to really struggle too hard to meet the key people in the, in the industries that are working on VR um, because the contacts are there already. But I know why people go to trade shows and conferences because they need to make the connections. And it is very difficult to do that. And it's very expensive. But people do have to do that. So I understand. Um, is, is, there, times- is there... Um- like feeds and things like that that you would recommend people subscribe to because most of us are probably not going to code our own algorithm which i you know later on i'm going to just tell you how much that turns me on that you've done that but <laughs> but but, <laughs> but um most of us are not going to do that so are there ways that we could sort of you know obviously um fo- follow you uh, on Twitter and on your various social media platforms but are there some um broader available to the public um, or to business folks' uh, sites and places they should go? Yeah, I highly recommend Robert Scoble's list on Twitter. So he has a group of VR and AR companies and people. And um, all you have to do is then add them to your own list if you want to. It, it, it you know, will take two hours or something to sift through whichever ones you're interested in. And that is the fastest way uh, to be able to then monitor the news. He's already done the work of figuring out who those people are. And that, that's, so, by the way, a great, a great uh, piece of advice for, for any topic in new media, digital, entertainment, business, is, is find that key influencer who has created a list on Twitter, because Twitter really is a fire hose of, of great information when you curate the right Twitter, Twitter, Tweeters. tweeters. <laughs> <laughs> Twitterers. Yeah. Twitterers. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking now on Twitter, the ARVR brand list that he has, which is all public, by the way, which is, I, I am so, he's so fantastic to, to do this as a public service, has over 3,000 members as well as the people, 3,000 people that he's found. And then there's a whole bunch of other cool things. So you're asking me about, like particular media companies or sites. He he has yeah. 638 members here of news sources. So, um, yeah, it's not like my computer program that does all this stuff automatically, but it's easily accessible for anyone who really wants to, to know the, the down and dirty details of industry by just, you know, making their own list off of this one. It's not hard. That's so cool. Now, you, um, you also, um, I know, are either getting some sort of degree or speak Chinese, and China is playing a really <laughs> tremendous, tremendous role in, in VR, especially with lo- location-based um, venues where people go and, in group situations, um, either physically, you know, experience something and wearing a headset, or they're maybe all sitting and experiencing something, but it's, it's sort of like the new theater um, so so what, yeah. what is the China, China thing for you? What, what's happening there? And why is China okay. so important? Okay, so let me just tell you very quickly about the degree thing. I was getting a PhD in Chinese literature and philosophy at UCLA. I reached the master's level and, you know, the VR and AR thing is so big for me right now and it's so obvious that it's like what I want to do. That I'm not doing academia anymore. Okay, sorry.
2: I was
1: <laughs> going to be irritated with you if you did continue it. So I'm um... glad <laughs> you. Hey, you know, I I don't have like 50 hours a day. I wish I did. But anyway, um, so the big thing for China, I do speak Chinese now. This is a this is a bit of um, an issue with the VR and now coming into the AR industry with China. Okay. So news, information, industry understanding of China, it's really important to figure out like whether you should put your foot there, how you should invest, when you want to have a joint venture or something like that. But it's extremely difficult for people who don't speak Chinese to really understand what's happening there. Yeah, you get some news stories, you know, whatever. They're like really generalized and you can't can't find stuff to back it up. And now, this is an issue. Um, I speak Chinese. I'm able to go on the websites. I'm able to see directly what's happening with companies as they announce it. I'll give you an example. There's a company called So Real, which has, you know, over 30,000 square feet in Beijing um, for location-based VR. Uh, Is there any news in the United States about it? Two articles, three articles with hardly any details because they did not translate it into English. But it's a huge deal there, and there's going to be another location based. Um, there's going to be another location for So Real, and it's it's partially set up by the Chinese film director Zhang Yimou. So it's a really huge deal. But in the U.S., you don't hear about it. So in terms of what's actually happening there, the infrastructure. Okay, let me mention this to you. There are hundreds and hundreds more headsets available in China for sale. Um, Of all kinds of differing degrees of uh, technology and also quality, okay, Uh, you could buy a headset for $10. It's not going to be a cardboard. It's going to be a headset, but it's not going to be very good. But in terms of availability, it's absolutely amazing what they have in terms of product. Uh, In terms of content, they have their own content. They have people that make um, Chinese uh, VR location-based games. Um, they have people that have made content for online for Steam. So, it's much more prolific than anyone imagined. Uh, you would just... They would have to go there and investigate for themselves. What's happening now? Okay. So, there's been a... Oh, wait. Orina, VR before, you, um, before, before yeah. you dig in, because we'll, I think this is really interesting, and what, we're, we're going to save it for our, our next segment, because we have to go out okay. in a moment, gotcha. um, but, um, but but but... Basically, what you're really communicating to us is that the role of China um, in immersive content now is tremendous um, and um, needs to be paid attention to. And so many of our colleagues are, you know, constantly uh, posting on Facebook that they're just back from China. I've never seen so many people go to China (laughs) as I have in the last year. So that's definitely a hint about, you know, the important role that they're playing um, and, and almost foretelling, you know, what's going to happen here, especially with um, location-based um, VR experiences, which you know is just so fascinating, right? Um, yes. Oh, so let's get to that definitely. So yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna um, take a break. Um, when we come back with mean, we're gonna dig a little bit more into China, and then you know, are you um, maybe you can just answer this really quick? Are you being asked to speak a lot on all of this? I have been asked to, sque- to speak quite a bit. I'm really careful and selective where I speak because my time is really tight. But yeah, yeah, because you're because you're you're so popular right now. Um, uh, you're busy speaking Chinese and getting a, a China literary <laughs> MBA, and I don't even I can't. I'm <laughs> um, just so I, I feel bad about myself right now. All right, well, we're going to be back in a moment Stop. talking to the fabulous Irina Cronin who, um, you know, is changing the world um, one language at a time <laughs> from our companies about reality, um, doing strategic advice for businesses in the space. Um, and when we come back, we'll dig more into China and some other exciting things on the TechCat Show.
2: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
0: Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv.
1: Hi, everybody, and we're back on the Tech Cat Show, and we've been getting the download on the business and financial side of virtual reality and augmented reality with Irina Cronin, who is the president and CEO of Spout Reality, um, and continuously blowing me away with all that she's accomplished. Um, and one of the things we were just talking about is China and what's really happening there with location-based theaters and things like that. And I know you had a lot more to contribute about that. So so uh, give us the download. Yeah, okay. So, um, in China, there was chatter about six months ago that it was going to be the arcade business that is really going to start taking off because, you know, um, unlike in the U.S., there were, there were computer arcades in China um, that were still operating, doing really well up until last year. So, what I mean by computer arcades, I mean people that go in and play games, um, and they're sitting in little boxes, and they, they all play, you know, their own little games on a computer. Um, so the idea was, uh, since there's more than 100,000 of these computer arcade uh, locations in China, uh, would be to retrofit these arcades and turn them into VR location-based uh, arca- arcades, if you want to call them that. It's interchangeable in Asia versus in the U.S. They don't like calling location-based arcades. Um, so there's been, a, there's been a, lo- a little issue there having your real estate to slowed them down a little but I have to say that it's really roaring now. Um, There are a number of companies there uh, that are doing VR location-based, doing well financially, which is great, um, with new prospects for opening in in several different locations across China. Uh, There are American companies. There's a a company called Spaces, uh, which is building uh, an amusement park, which will include uh, VR and AR, Um, in China in one location and probably in a second one coming up in a number of years. Um, So, there's a lot of activity. Now, what I had said about proliferation of headsets, there's proliferation also of ideas, much more in China than in the U.S. So, a lot of things are started and then not followed up on, although the opportunity is a little greater there. So, it's going to be exciting to see what happens there. And I just want to also add that in Japan, Uh, Bandai Namco and a couple of other companies also have had some really great success with uh, VR location-based spaces. Now, Now, um, I know you uh, you wanted to... I was going to just... Yeah, yeah, I just wanted to ask when... And again, the location-based environments, some of them are literally just everyone sitting in chairs, and then some of them actually create... Environments Is that is that true or is it just in the U.S. they're creating environments or is that happening everywhere? Um, in China, you do have some of that, but usually it's, it's then in a combination since they have more... Like the place I was talking to you about, SoReal, is 32,000 square feet. So, they have a combination of sit-down only, which is not room scale. You know, you have Oculus or Samsung, even more Oculus where you're sitting and swirling around in a chair. And then they also have the room scale with Vive uh, we are able to run around with, not run around, but move around with Vive. And then you have the true location base where you can run around with a group of people, which has proprietary uh, technology and headsets and all that kind so of stuff. A social, so that's social engagement inside a VR environment, right? Yes. Yes. So they have the full combo in the U.S. Uh, currently, it's not like that. So let's let's move to the, to the U.S. to explain the industry that that we're currently having. So IMAX, there's a place uh, that opened that opened up in Los Angeles. There's a place in New York that they currently have, and there's there's a place in England. Um, it's it's not um, room scale, and it's also not the location based. It's the sit down only. But my feelings are is that's going to change. For IMAX, this has been like a um, an experiment for them um, to see how far they could go, how much money they could make, and it's been a success. But the next step would be the more act- interactive and the more social. The Void, which you had mentioned, um, their uh, main location is Salt- in Salt Lake City. They have a place in Times Square. They opened up in Canada a place. Um, they had a pop-up in the Middle East. Now, they're going to be opening up according to the company, by the end of the year in the 10. So I don't know exactly how many different locations across the United States. And they also have a new experience called the Serpent's Eye, which is incredible. I've seen a preview of it. Um, And their type of location-based experience will run past 40 minutes. So right now I have to tell you that the, the one in Times Square runs about 12 minutes. So imagine having a social interactive experience that goes 40 minutes. But it's, it's really changing. It's going to change fast. And you also have other companies that have jumped in to do location-based. There's one New Zealand company that's in the U.S. now, and there'll be some other competitors. But I think the Void is going to be the super one coming out of the gate. Oh, well, uh, and, 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 is... and yeah, uh, they're doing Star Wars, uh, a Star Wars experience, which was just, so that's really... Yeah, cool. and I, I know um, when we were at Seagraph, the big thing that everybody was talking about was HP's backpack um, that, yeah. that I'm seeing in a lot of those, those group experiences. Well, while we're winding down the show, why don't you tell everybody where we can track you, where we can stalk you, perhaps, is the right way to think about it, <laughs> since you are <laughs> so, so informative, maybe your, your, your social media handles so we can, uh, we can keep learning from you. Okay, well, I would definitely have people connect with me on my Facebook group. So, it's called Virtual and Augmented Reality, and people could do a search for that. It's the only one that's called that. Uh, it's a closed group, but I always let people... And the reason I keep it closed is because I, I want to be able to monitor what's going on there and not just have, you know, any company advertise what their stuff is without... You know, Well, There's lots of non-quality stuff out there, too, you know, especially with entrepreneurs, as you know. So um, that's why it's closed, but I'll let anyone in. It's called Virtual and Augmented Reality. And in terms of... um, It's virtual, V-I-R-T-U-A-L dot R-E-A-L-I-T-I-E-S. Okay? And then um, on Twitter, it's just Irina Cronin. Just do a search for me. Um, I would suggest... The fastest way to contact me is via Messenger on Facebook, and I've had tons of people contact me that way and do business. I do business on Messenger. <laughs> yeah, isn't that funny? I, I'm starting to uh, move more of my correspondence to Messenger, too, and then, of course, that will all be in a VR environment as well. <laughs> um, well, you you have been so, uh, so delightfully informative uh, in, in shedding light on the, the business side of this this space. Um, and again, so many conversations in the last few months on the Tech Cat Show accidentally, not even on purpose, about virtual reality and augmented reality because everybody from all the various uh, business sectors and entertainment and media is really touching this now. So it's so great to speak to, to you and hear sort of what's happening on the business side. Now, any big prediction coming up before we, we go out? Uh, I, I am with Scoble, with Robert Scoble saying that the Apple iPhone coming out this year is going to be absolutely major, uh, but it's not going to destroy AR or VR. It is going to complement it and enlarge the audience for understanding what immersive reality is and bring in more. Visibility. Ooh, I love that. I love that. All right. We're, we're, we're going out, but um, I wanted to thank Irina Cronin from Spout Reality. Thank you so much for joining us and making us so much smarter. And we will be um, talking to all of you next week with some more delightful folks who are blowing our minds away and speaking Chinese and doing science <laughs> and Excel and, <laughs> and making us all feel bad. Thanks, everybody. Thank Thanks, you Serena. so much. Bye.